Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick, or The Notorious Fantasy, and in today's video, we're going to be going in-depth into my week number five tight end start or sit decisions for the 2023 fantasy football season. We're going to be going in-depth through every single game from Thursday night football all the way until Monday night football, and I'll be telling you guys whether I believe you should start or sit the tight ends in all of those games. It is important to note that there are four teams on bye this week, so don't play any players on those teams, the Cleveland Browns, the LA Chargers, the Seattle Seahawks, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Before we get on into the tight end start or sit decisions for week number five, though, I would like to ask that if you guys are new to the channel and you do end up enjoying today's video, then please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below while you're down there. Whether you are new to the channel or not, please make sure to leave a like on today's video. It would help me out a ton if you want to follow me on Twitter or X. Please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. And if you want to check out my Patreon for getting any answers to any of the questions you guys may have or for my weekly rankings, you can check that out. Link in the video description or in the pinned comment for $7.50. Cents a month. So without further ado, let's get into my week number five tight end start or sit decisions. We begin with the first matchup of the week, Thursday Night Football, the Chicago Bears at the Washington Commanders. In this matchup, we have two tight ends that are definitely relatively exciting for fantasy football. Logan Thomas of the Commanders was on absolute fire NBA Jam style through the first two games of the season, but then he ended up suffering that concussion, missing week number three, and then last week in his return game, he was the tight end number 22 against the Eagles. Again, remember those first two games, he was a top 12 tight end in both games. Now, the Bears defense is absolutely bottom of the barrel. The Bears defense is complete and utter dog shit. So I do expect Logan Thomas to hop back on the saddle and have a better performance. Then the tight end 22 is he locked to be a top 12 tight end. Of course not, because we have seen this commander's offense be pretty up and down all season long. But at the end of the day, this is definitely a much better matchup than up against the Eagles defense. And I expect Logan Thomas to have a relatively solid performance. Now, Cole Komet is going up against a defense that leads the league against the tight end position. So despite the fact that Cole Komet absolutely exploded last week against the Denver Broncos as the tight end number one in PPR with two touchdowns, I don't think he is going to be able to repeat such such great success, like his name was fucking Borat, this week against the Commanders. So He's not going to finish inside the top five at tight end, but if the Bears are able to stay on a roll here, if Justin Fields continues to look good, then Cole Komet has strong reasons to believe. You should have strong reasons to believe that Cole Komet could be a top 10 tight end every single week. So this week, I'm going to start him. But again, it is very important to note that the Commanders are a incredibly tough matchup up against the tight end. Next up, we move to the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Buffalo Bills in London, baby. Evan Ingram is currently the tight end four on the season in PPR and has been the tight end seven or better in every single game. This man is incredibly reliable, like wrapping a condom around your tight end position. And the Bills are not the best up against the tight end. Now, Evan Ingram has yet to score a touchdown this season. So you might argue with how much success he's had this season that he is incredibly due and he could definitely have the upside to be the tight end one on the week. I am a little bit less ambitious this week because the Bills defense as a whole is solid. But again, up against the tight end, they're definitely not as tough. The question is, will Trevor Lawrence find success in this game or is the Buffalo Bills defense going to be pounding on Trevor? 
Trevor Lawrence all game long. The Buffalo Bills utilized two different tight ends, Dalton Kincaid, as well as Dawson Knox one time, if you are with me. Now, Kincaid is yet to finish inside the top 12 at the tight end position this season, but with how impressive the Bills offense looks, Kincaid is a start-worthy tight end. Though it is very frustrating as a Kincaid owner to have to deal with Dawson Knox because he is never going to go away. Even if he gets just one target in a game, that might be the one target that ends up being a touchdown that you wish was Dalton Kincaid. Now, Dawson Knox did see his least amount of targets last week up against the Miami Dolphins at home in Buffalo, but I would expect anywhere from two to five targets every single week for Knox. And while he isn't start worthy because of Kincaid being there, it is very annoying. He is like a pest towards Dalton Kincaid. Next up, we move to the real Sunday slate, the Atlanta Falcons at the Houston Texans, beginning with Kyle Pitts. Now, Kyle Pitts is an every week start because you are almost stuck with this guy, right? The second that you make the decision, you make the executive decision that, hey, I am sick and tired of Kyle Pitts fucking my team, bending my team over a table. The second you sit him, I swear, Kyle Pitts will score three touchdowns. The second you finally close the book, you close the chapter on Kyle Pitts, he's going to explode. He is going to have a tremendous game. Now, the Falcons have been throwing the ball more, which you would think would be great for Kyle Pitts and Drizzy Drake London. But the problem is Desmond Ritter is complete and utter dog shit. Now, there are a lot of tight ends I like better than Pitts this week, and Pitts has continued to fall like Humpty Dumpty off that wall down my rankings every single week. So again, definitely not as confident Kyle Pitts as I was to enter into the season. But if they do make a change at quarterback that I think Kyle Pitts could truly have the season that we have been waiting for, Dalton Schultz finally had a solid showing last week up against the Steelers with three receptions on three targets for 42 yards and a touchdown. Now, he is a fringe start this week. I'm not heavily overreacting to last week. I fully understand that Tank Dell and Nico Cousin Let's Go Bowling Collins rank above him in the target hierarchy of this Texans offense. But with how good C.J. Stroud has looked, I'm willing to give Schultz the shot especially since there are multiple teams on by. If every single team was playing this week in week number five, then Dalton Schultz would have been listed as a sit. Next up, we got the Carolina Panthers at the Detroit Lions. Now I know, Nick, Sam Laporta absolutely sucked last week, Nick. He was only the tight end 17. And before that, man, he was like a top eight, top 10 tight end every single week. What do we do, Nick? Should we panic? No, we should not panic one bit. Again, I get it was his worst game of the season, but that was tight end number 17. He's still the tight end two on the season in PPR, and this is a very solid matchup up against the Panthers defense. So I believe at this point in the season, based upon what we've seen, even with the return of Jamison Williams, regardless of how many snaps he plays, I think Sam Laporta at this point is a must-start tight end. Now, Hayden Hurst is the exact opposite. He's a must-sit tight end. Now, outside of that dominant 50 Shades of Grey style performance in week number one, Hurst has been flopping like a goddamn fish out of water. He has been incredibly quiet. You need a fucking hearing aid to hear this guy. And let's call a spade a spade. Bryce Young looks like the third best quarterback 
in this draft class. Now, we've talked about it a bunch this week, so if you have heard me talk in a bunch of videos and you haven't hit that subscribe button, hit that subscribe button, hit that like button as well. But if you've heard me talk this week, you would know that this is just regurgitated, not nonsense, but just stuff that I've said all week. Bryce Young hasn't looked good in his NFL career so far in his rookie year through three games. It's not to say that Bryce Young's a bust. It's not to say that Bryce Young is never going to succeed at the NFL level, but it's important to note that Bryce Young just hasn't looked good. So are you really going to start Hayden Hurst in fantasy football? The answer is... Fuck no, baby. Next up, we got the Atlanta Titans at the Indianapolis Colts. The Tennessee Titans at the Colts in a division rivalry matchup. Chig Akankuwu. I say this every single week, basically, but it remains true. Tannehill was, if he, if Tannehill was to play better, like you just throw him in a time machine and bring him from like 2019 to 2023 and he's playing like that, then bada bing, bada boom, you'd probably be excited about Chig. Or if D-Hop wasn't there, then you could see a lot more upside out of Chig. But that's not the case, right? We don't live in this created version of the world that I just made for you in my brain, right? Where Tannehill's playing good, D-Hop isn't there, then yeah, sure, Chig could probably have a great season, right? He could be scoring a bunch of touchdowns. You also match that with the fact that this is one of the most run-heavy offenses in the National Football League. I'm staying clear away from Chig. Kylan Granson, even with the Titans being downright atrocious against the past, I just do not trust Granson enough to start him. He cooled down a ton after starting off pretty hot over the first two games. Over these last two games, he's had zero games inside the top 28. And again, even with how good Anthony Richardson has looked, Kyle Granson belongs on your bench and most likely on the waiver wire. Next up, we got the New York football giants at the Miami Dolphins. Now, Durham Smythe for the Dolphins is a good NFL tight end, but being a good NFL tight end doesn't always correlate with being a great fantasy option because he'll go out there block catch a couple passes every game but he's not scoring touchdowns right at least at a normal basis a regular basis so again could he fall ass backwards into the end zone against a garbage giants team yeah but i don't think you want to rely on that darren waller is a start i get he's only had one good game this season i get the giants are a flaming pile of dog shit but this could be a bounce back spot up against the Dolphins defense that can't stop anything they just got plowed last week they got absolutely destroyed and I think that Danny Dimes is gonna be under pressure dun, 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 dun. this game a ton I think the offensive line in New York is selling Daniel Jones up the river but when push comes to shove, I'm going to play Darren Waller. I still believe he's a great tight end. The issue with him is just the team is terrible. Next up, we got the New Orleans Saints at the New England Deflatriots. Hunter Henry for the Patriots is going to be a start. This was another guy that started the season off on fire, but has cooled off a tad recently. Still getting at least five targets, though, every single game. Mac Jones has looked pretty bad, but maybe this ends up being a decent spot for Hunter Henry. He's basically the only reliable target that Mac Jones has out there. The Saints defense is definitely tough, so Hunter Henry is far from an ideal start, but I also also don't think it's time to just cut bait with Hunter Henry. For the New Orleans Saints, they have Taysom Hill, they have Jawan Johnson, and they have Jimmy Graham in the year 2023. With Derek Carr still banged up, I feel like we are going to end up seeing more Taysom Hill when compared to usual. Even with that said, if he finds the end zone, he will probably score like 10 points. And if he doesn't, 
He's only going to get you like five points max. Now, maybe this is the game where Taysom Hill goes out there and scores three fucking touchdowns. But even up against a banged up Patriots defense, I highly doubt it. Jawan Johnson hurt his calf on Sunday against the Buccaneers and did not return. If he misses, that would lead to us seeing more Jimmy Graham, which is, again, crazy in the year 2023. But you're not starting Taysom Hill, Jawan Johnson, or even a legend, Jimmy Graham. Next up, we got the Baltimore Ravens at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pat Fryermuth is doubtful to play with a hamstring injury, so rookie Darnell Washington will get his shot to start this week. This motherfucker is a giant. Andre the Giant out there, six foot seven, 265 pounds. It's going to be fun to watch him get some targets, but I'm not starting him. Seems like Kenny Pickett is going to somehow play. I don't get that at all. Did not look good for Pickett, but it seems like he's going to play. It is what it is. I don't think the Ravens defense are world beaters, but even Fryermuth, who I think is a pretty solid tight end, wasn't getting a lot of targets. You were just relying so heavily on the touchdown. So again, even though Darnell Washington is built like a brick shit house, I'm not starting him. Marky Mark Andrews is a must-start tight end every single week. I don't care which defense this man is playing against, if it's the 85 Bears or the 2023 Pittsburgh Steelers. This man is the tight end five on the season, even if both Rashad Master Bateman and Odell Beckham Jr. play, which seems much more possible at this point on the week. Andrews could easily be the tight end number one. And again, while a lot of people get down on their knees and give the gawk gawk 9,000 special to the Steelers defense. We just saw Dalton Schultz go hard in the paint up against that defense last week. Next up, we move to the Philadelphia Eagles at the fly. Eagles fly at the loss. Angeles Rams. Now, Dallas Goddard has been incredibly underwhelming this season. Right? They have, he had a lot of hype. And it's, it's like when you go out to dinner with a girl, she's been drinking, she's like, I'm going to blow your mind tonight, this, that, and the other thing. And then you get home and she's sleeping, right? Just instantly passing out, you know, or just, you, you get what I mean. Anyone who has engaged in sexual contact with a female knows what I'm talking about. So Dallas Goddard has been very underwhelming this season, right? Hertz hasn't been throwing him the ball as much as we would like. At the end of the day, though, you are going to be hard-pressed to find a tight end on the waiver wire that you have as much confidence in as Goddard. Again, Goddard has sucked this season, right? I'm not here to just fucking pull out a bundle of excuses out of my asshole to describe why Dallas Goddard is better than we've seen because he hasn't been. Hurts hasn't been feeding him the ball, but we've seen games with a decent amount of targets, and I still am not ready to quit. Dallas Gart, and I don't think you should be either. And this game does have the potential if Stafford is able to be fine with that hip flexor injury. You know, this could be a high-scoring game. Tyler Higby of the Rams has been the tight end nine in back-to-back weeks. Cup may or may not play this week. There was reports about how they wanted him to be 80 to 90% to play this week. And as of yesterday, he wasn't that 80% healthy to where they'd want to play him. But again, it's a long week, right? Sitting here on Wednesday, it's very plausible that Cooper Cup is in the lineup and getting a shit ton of targets. Even so, though, I think Higby is a must-start tight end here up against that Eagles defense that has not lived up to expectations and has not 
been great against the tight end position. Next up, we move to the Cincinnati Bengals at the Arizona Cardinals. In this spot, I'm starting Zach Ertz now. It definitely does sound gross that you are going to roll Zach Ertz out there in the year 2023 and be confident in him. And I'm talking about like legitimate confidence. He has been a top 12 tight end in three or four games. And that one down game was up against a pretty strong defense. And again, it's not just Zach Ertz that's looking good, right? It's not that Zach Ertz is carrying this offense on his back like his name was Marshawn Lynch. It's because Josh Dobbs looks really good. And Josh Dobbs has played himself through the first four games. I know he wasn't the best week one, but outside of that, he's really played himself into a spot where this guy's just a career backup. If you guys remembered prior to the season, this motherfucker wasn't even on the roster. They picked him up a few days before the season. It was going to be like Clayton Looney Tunes. Clayton Toon is the starting quarterback. And Josh Dobbs off the street has been great. It also seems like now we are another year away. It was like, okay, at the end of last season, next year is the year for Trey McBride, right? That's what people were saying. I wasn't saying that because I thought Ertz was going to come back, and I actually drafted Ertz a decent amount in best ball leagues in the summer. So it really does seem like we're a year away from McBride seeing a true workload in this offense. Irv Smith has missed two straight games due to the hammy injury practiced on Wednesday, which is a positive development. But regardless of how positive that development is and how cool it is that Irv Smith is back, I was an Irv Smith truther a couple years ago. I don't remember what year it was in Minnesota. I really liked Irv Smith and they fucking got hurt and didn't do shit, obviously, because he was hurt. But regardless, whether it's Smith or Tanner Hudson or whoever the fuck they want to roll out there, Drew Sample, getting the targets, it doesn't matter because Joe Burrow's terrible. Joe Burrow literally looks like shit. He looks like he went instead of LSU to the Stevie Wonder School of Blind, right? He's terrible. So you can't start him. You can start Zach Ertz, but you certainly can't start Irv Smith. Next game here, we got the New York Jumbo Jets at the Denver Broncos. But before we break this game more at the tight end position, as well as the final three games on this glorious, luxurious week five slate, I would like to give you guys a quick word, a quick, a quick word from our friends and our sponsor over at Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the best place to play NFL Pick'em in the whole entire universe. And Underdog Fantasy has a great offer for you guys on Thursday. Thursday night football. Justin Fields higher than half of a total yard. All he needs is just one yard in this matchup and you have to match that with at least one other pick and you will get three times your entry fee if you do two picks. So we are going to go ahead and add Justin Fields higher than half a total yard as well as Brian Robinson higher than 63 and a half rushing yards. The Bears defense is incredibly soft up against the run. So if both of those pay out, both of those hit, you will get three times your entry fee. If you do three picks, it's six times, four picks is 10 times, and five picks is 20 times your entry fee. Now, you have to live in one of these states on your screen right now, and if you use promo code NOTORIOUS or click on the link in the video description, you will get a first match deposit bonus on Underdog of up to $100. So, you deposit $100, they give you an additional $150, additional $50, $25, additional $25. The minimum deposit on Underdog is $10. If you have a gambling problem, please make sure that you call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back on into things, Jets at Broncos. Now, Adam Troutman had a bit of a Fugazi game in week one, right? He was looking pretty good. Tight end number 10 on the week. But then after that, hasn't done shit. 
And that was a game against the Raiders, which is really telling just how bad the Raiders defense is. So Troutman against a strong Jets defense, clear bench. Tyler Conklin, I feel like you could argue that you could start Conklin over Pitts or Schultz. He looked good last week as the tight end 16, and the Broncos matchup is certainly ideal, but there is still that worry in the back of my head that just says like, hey, I know Zach Wilson looked great against the Chiefs, like the best possible matchup for him to look good in, right? He almost beat the Kansas City fucking Chiefs in prime time, but we know the history of Zach Wilson. He might have one good game. But then he'll go back to looking like a steaming pile of dog shit on your television. So, again, maybe Conklin has a great game again because the Broncos defense is soft. But there's also a chance that Zach Wilson is just a one-game wonder. Next up, we got the Kansas City Chiefs at the Cold Lock Minnesota Vikings. Now, I'm going to keep this incredibly simple. Travis Kelsey, you start him. Amazing matchup against the Vikings. You should start Kelsey. In any matchup, though, right? He has yet to be the tight end one yet this season, and this feels like the matchup where it actually happens. If this Vikings offense is able to battle, go toe-to-toe with the Patrick Mahomes-led Kansas City Chiefs, and this ends up as a high-scoring doozy, that it's very possible that Kelsey and Hawkinson are the tight end one and tight end two back-to-back. Now, Hawkinson had his first down game all season last week against the Panthers. Kirk O'Chains, Kirk Thuggins looked limp dick in that game, leading to a subpar performance for Hawkinson. Expect a strong bounce back this week for the current tight end number one on the season. Next up, we move to the Dallas Cowboys at the San Francisco 49ers on your waited all day for Sunday night. Dak Prescott versus Brock Purdy. Jake Ferguson's there too, and so is George Kittle. Uh, George Kittle, I talked about it all offseason. George Kittle is a ticking time bomb in your lineup. George Kittle is a firework that you throw into your lineup. Now, you might end the week with this cool 4th of July extravaganza, right? Bada bing, bada boom, Kittle hangs his nuts on the defense and scores 20 points. But you might end up leaving 4th of July feeling like Jason Pierre-Paul because you lost a couple of fingers and Kittle gets you two points and fingers you right in the ass. So, very boomer bust. He was the tight end three in one game, and every other game, he's been outside the top 30 at tight end. But you're never going to sit George Kittle. You just had to have understood this when you drafted him, and I hope you did, because I was talking about that all offseason. Again, if you're new to the channel, if you didn't know that, hit that subscribe button, hit that like button down below. Jake Ferguson, Fergalicious, top 12 tight end in three straight weeks, uber consistent, and has seen seven targets in back-to-back games. Not the best matchup here up against the Niners, but due to his current role in this offense, he is certainly a start-worthy tight end with large upside, especially if Dak Prescott actually figures it out and starts playing better. Final game here, Monday Night Football, the Green Bay Packers at the Las Vegas Raiders. Michael Mayer of the Raiders, just just the Raiders as a whole, just don't use the tight end. They don't use it, right? They don't throw the ball to the tight end at all, whether it's Aiden O'Connell or Jimmy Garoppolo, the spicy meatball himself, it don't matter. Uh, Luke Musgrave left last week with a concussion, so definitely kind of bent some of you guys over table if you started him. But again, when it's an injury like that, I'm never really going to sit here and be like, oh my god. That's all on Luke Musgrave, right? He got hurt. It is what it is. He continues to be one of the more efficient tight ends in the National Football League. He practiced yesterday, so I assume that'll be good enough to suit up on Monday Night Football. And the matchup this week, 
Chef's Kiss, Manufique against the Raiders. So thank you guys all so much for watching. If you did end up enjoying today's video, please make sure you hit that subscribe button down below as well as hit that like button. It would help me out a ton. If you do want to follow me on Twitter, please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. And if you would like to check out my Patreon, get any answers to any of the questions you guys may have or my weekly rankings that should be coming out tonight or in the morning tomorrow, most likely tonight, check out the Patreon for $7.50. Link in the video description. Love you guys all so much. Hope you have a great guys day. And as always, good boy.